everyone. Welcome. It's Friday, March 25th, 2016, and this is Travelogue, the podcast of Condé Nast Traveler. You might notice I am not Brad Rickman. Our usual host can't join today, but we do have a great team here right now. I'm Laura Redman. I'm the digital deputy editor of Traveler, and I'm joined here by Meredith Carey and Hello. Caitlin Moscatello. Hey. Uh, another two excellent editors and a very special guest today calling in. We have Lauren B., a.k.a. Lauren Bushnell. <laughs> For anyone who has been watching The Bachelor. Hi, Lauren. <laughs> anyone who's been watching. Hi, guys. Hello. Actually, where are you right now? Where are you calling from? You know what? I am in Warsaw, Indiana, in Ben's hometown. <laughs> oh, you are? Okay. <laughs> well, that's kind of fantastic. In case yeah. anyone doesn't know, if you haven't been watching The Bachelor this season, Lauren B. won the heart of Ben Higgins, who was the 20th Bachelor. Yes, and Ben Higgins won the heart of Lauren exactly. B. Exactly. Let's not forget. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, so now that you're finally off camera, you have a little time to yourself, you are in his hometown. How's that going? It's going so well. So we came to Warsaw during the show, but obviously um, my itinerary is somewhat blocked off by the show. So it's been really nice to be here and just be able to kind of explore the city a little bit more. And um, they live on Winona Lake, which is a beautiful lake. So every morning I've been waking up and having my coffee, just staring out at the lake, watching all the, the wildlife that comes about. So it's been really relaxing. And what are, some, what are some things to do? I mean, if one was to go to <laughs> Warsaw, Indiana, what are some of the attractions? Do you guys have a favorite place in town that you like to eat? Or what would be your recommendations? Yeah, so tonight we're going to a restaurant, which is one of Ben's favorite restaurants in town. And I believe it's called Noah Noah. Noah Noah. Um, you know, it's a small town. It's about the same size as the town that I grew up in, but... You know, of course, my town is right outside of Portland, so you're right outside of a big city, whereas Warsaw, you know, you're two hours outside of Indianapolis. So it's definitely a small town, but everyone that I keep talking to keeps reiterating that I need to come back for the 4th of July. So apparently the 4th of July is the time to be here. Okay. Well, on the lake, I guess that makes sense. Oh, I bet there's crazy fireworks and parades and small town 4th of July's are the best. best like I went to one a crazy one in Idaho yeah. one year and everyone was on horseback and I grew up <laughs> on the Jersey Shore and I had never seen a horse for like 20 <laughs> years you know so that's so funny yeah I guess everyone's out on the lake and there's a big fireworks show and, and the weather I think is a big part of what makes it I guess it's beautiful yeah And so on the show itself, so obviously you're in Ben's hometown now, um, but what was Mm -hmm. your, out of all the places that you went on the show, which was your favorite? Oh, gosh. You know what? I loved Mexico City. I've always loved Mexico in general, and I love the culture. You know, it's it's hard because on the show, you only get to see a little bit of the city you're in, and that has to do with whatever date you're on, so... You know, most of the time you're in your hotel, so there's not a lot of, like, freedom to explore. But what I did see about Mexico City and the culture, um, we got to go and actually cook food with some chefs from Mexico City. So cook some local food items, which is what I like to do when I travel is, is taste the food of the place in where I am. And so that was really fun. And, yeah, it just... The town itself, the city itself, just had a good energy, and I definitely would like to go back. 
That's great. And I can imagine that you've seen a number of places as a flight attendant. You are a flight attendant for Alaska. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. So where, I mean, tell us a little bit about that. How did you get started? Well, what made you interested in becoming a flight attendant? And what are some of the crazy places you've been? <laughs> okay, so I was looking into jobs that would allow me to travel. I loved to travel, and I had just gotten off of a five-week backpacking trip around Europe. Nice. And I went from that to a desk job, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I do not want to sit behind a desk all day. Like, I don't know if I can do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> and so I kind of had this epiphany, and I was like, okay, well, I need to do something that I love and doesn't involve going into an office and sitting behind my computer all day. So. The flight attendant thing came up, and my mom actually was a flight attendant right out of college. So she kind of gave me a little bit of insight as to what that entails. Obviously, that was 25, 30 years ago, so it's quite different now. But um, I applied with Alaska because Alaska is a Northwest-centered um, airline, and I wanted to kind of um, fly mostly West Coast. I, I didn't know if I was ready for the whole, you know, international travel and being away from home for that long. So I applied with Alaska um, and have been there for a little over three years now. And I just love it. I mean, I go, I think my favorite place that I travel to, which I travel to frequently, is the state of Alaska. And it's just so different than any place that I grew up or any place I've ever really been. And it's so beautiful and the people are so nice. And I'm a big seafood fan and you can get some of the best seafood up there, obviously. Uh, what do you eat? Lots of salmon and halibut. Um, crab. Anytime I have the opportunity to get fresh crab, I'm all in, which is a problem because <laughs> Ben is allergic to shellfish. So uh. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, am I allowed to eat shellfish? But he assures me that I'm allowed to eat it. We just have to like have a little bit of distance. Between yeah, us. just make sure it's a um, big table. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the state of Alaska is absolutely beautiful. In fact, my mom, my brother, and I a couple summers ago took a trip up to Juneau, Alaska, and did some fishing. We did salmon and halibut fishing. We took a um, seaplane tour of the glaciers, and it was like 70 degrees and sunny. I think I got a sunburn when we were out fishing, which was pretty crazy. I did not expect to get that in Alaska. So wait, did, were you disappointed that there was no fishing on the show so you could show off your skills? I mean, that's a, you know, if you've been spending summers or vacations in Alaska... I know. Kayla got a fishing date. I think it was like deep sea fishing. And I know that Ben likes to fish. So I was kind of bummed. And I'm like one of those fishers, that fisherman, fisherwoman, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> who I get really lucky. I wouldn't say that I'm skilled, but for some reason I always get really lucky and I catch a lot of fish. So I was like, dang it. Like, that would have been a great way to show off to them. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Let's just call it skill. I mean, call it what it is. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I'm I'm in with that. <laughs> does Ben like to travel? He does. You know what? He and I were just talking. You know, growing up in Indiana in a small town, you know, you're, I was like, did you grow up, you know, driving up to Chicago? Because they're so close to Chicago. And he, he was like, no, we actually didn't. You know, people, a lot of people around here kind of just, Day in Warsaw, and it is a beautiful place, but I was shocked that they didn't, you know, go up to Chicago, but he said, you know, he was always, like, kind of intimidated by the big city, so he likes to travel, but he didn't necessarily have a lot of travel experience until, I think, like, after college, 
And then, of course, you know, he went down to Peru and he's been to Honduras quite often for some mission work. And then we actually just went to New York City and it was his first time really spending time in New York other than, you know, aside from the show where he's there for a couple days and then in and out. And he was he said he was intimidated and I was surprised by that. So it was really fun. Of course, we got lost on the subway and <laughs> we're totally in over our heads, but it was so fun to explore the city together. And I know that's something that we want to do in the future, which is, you know, travel the world together. I'm impressed you took the subway. I, I mean, you have a, a bit of celebrity now, we can say. And <laughs> I mean, the subway is intimidating for commuters on a daily basis. So uh, yeah. that's, that's Did impressive. anyone recognize you? Did you get any people like snapping photos or anything? We did. Yeah, we had a few people um, ask to take photos. And then somehow someone tagged me in a photo. And it was us on the subway. And it's actually a pretty funny photo. It's, I'm giving Ben this look like you got to get it together. And he just looks so confused. And someone was, you know, took this like, and it's so funny because it totally sums up our day and our experience on the subway. And um, no, but I'm so glad that we did it because that's, I mean, that's part of traveling, I think, is, you know, I like to get lost. I like to end up in places that are unexpected. I like to use public transportation and really get a feel for that city itself. That's great advice. That's how we like to travel to or encourage people to travel. And I also I know that we as travelers take a lot of our cues from flight attendants. Um, I think if a flight attendant looks scared on a plane, that would be <laughs> yes, the, the end definitely. of me. Um, <laughs> do you have any uh, any special training when it comes to that? You know, like when should we worry? Like what is it when a flight attendant has to s- sit down? I mean, <laughs> well, I think that is. A good advice in itself is if you see the flight attendants look very worried, it's probably something to legitimately worry oh, no. about. Because, <laughs> Don't tell um, me. You know, most, mo- I've never been scared on a flight. I think the only scary part that I've ever experienced are when you have like a medical emergency or, or when it has to do with a passenger, but I've never been scared of you know, turbulence or if we get into bad weather. And yeah, I think part of our training does train us to remain calm in situations like that. And even in, you know, an emergency situation, I've noticed in medical emergencies, whatever they did during training, and I don't exactly know, I can't exactly put my finger on it, but somehow I am able to keep my cool. And I actually think that helped me on the show (laughs) because... Everyone was like, you seem so calm and cool and collected. And I was like, well, even if it was a stressful situation, I think that my training as a flight attendant and just having to constantly deal with so many different personalities, it did help me to kind of remain collected and cool on the outside. Even if I wasn't necessarily feeling that on the inside, somehow I was able to remain calm or look as though I was. Were there any tips that your mom gave you when you were starting out as a flight attendant? that really have stuck with you through your time working for Alaska? Mm, you know what? That's a good question. I, My mom flew for American for only about a year, and then she got pregnant with me, and she was commuting from Chicago to Portland, Oregon, and it was just too much for her. So I think her one piece of advice was she wished she would have stayed on longer, even though it was really hard as a flight attendant. Seniority is everything, and... It's one of those jobs that I feel like a lot of people who do quit, they regret it immediately because it is. It's such a great job. It's one of those jobs that can really follow you through every season of life. You know, when you have little kids or when your kids are grown and you're an empty nester or when you're young and single, like it really does fit 
with every season of life because it's such a flexible job and there's different trips for everyone and everyone likes to fly different things into different places. So it's a really great job that you can take through life with you. And it's, that's why you see flight attendants who've been flying for 30, 40 years because it's such an amazing job. And so you mentioned sort of, you know, being able to deal with different personalities. What about uh, passengers on flights that you've that you've been working on? How do you deal with a difficult passenger? You know what? I've noticed I usually just smile, and I don't know if that gets them more <laughs> irritated. <laughs> They're already a little bit irritable. But I just kind of smile, and honestly... I think now, after three years, nothing really gets me. It does, you know, at first, if someone was really, like, rude, or which doesn't happen often, but if they're rude or if they're really stressed out and they're kind of taking their stress of their travel day off on you, or, you know, taking it out on you, it used to affect me a little bit, but now I just kind of let it roll off my back and I just try to sympathize and understand that, you know, a lot of people don't travel as much as I do or as much as we do, and... It can be a stressful process if you're not a um, seasoned traveler. And so I just try to be a little bit empathetic. And then if it really gets bad, I honestly, I normally just walk away. Because at that point, there's no, you know, making the situation better. I think sometimes people just need to kind of cool down and relax. But most of the time, once people get on the plane, they kind of are relaxed. It's that process of leading up to them actually boarding the plane that I think stresses some people out. But usually once they're on the plane, they're pretty, they're pretty calm. On the other end of the spectrum, we have a coworker who has a little bit of flight anxiety, and she usually brings chocolates for the flight attendants. So is there anything that a passenger mm-hmm. has done for you <laughs> that you feel like made their flight and your flight so much better? Okay, well, your coworker has, <laughs> must know a flight attendant somewhere because... That is like the key to a flight attendant's heart. If you want to get on, you know, the good side of flight attendants, <laughs> you know, we are we are kind of in the service industry in a way, and we don't get tipped, um, which I don't think we should. We also, you know, actually can't accept tips. So it's always nice to bring some sort of a, a treat or, you know, chocolate obviously is a great way to make your flight attendants happy. But it's just that kind of thought that, hey, like, I know you guys work hard. Thank you for, you know, your service on today's flight. And I think that that is the key. And then it also just, I don't know, I think it sets a good tone for that flight and it kind of makes all of us happier. And then I think especially for someone who does have flight anxiety, maybe that flight attendant will give like a little bit extra attention to that person or um, make sure that they're okay. Also, if you have flight anxiety, like to tell your flight attendants that, like, for me, I know I would go out of my way to make sure that passenger is comfortable throughout the whole flight if I did know that they, you know, get a little anxious. That's great. And actually, is there any kind of um, secret lingo or, you know, code that you might use to communicate to other flight attendants if someone's anxious or if something's happening on the flight? We always wonder about that. What's yeah. <laughs> pilots do? Do they have a, they have a secret um, lingo? Crew language. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crew language. Um, in terms of, like, anxious passengers i don't i can't think of anything that we really have a code for i feel like flight attendants and pilots we speak a lot in like acronyms which is really confusing i don't even know half of them i have to look them up like i don't know what that means but um 
In terms of areas of the airplane, we have codes like, you know, the, the L1 door, which is the front door, which normally passengers enter and exit through. And then you have the R1 and R2 door. Um, a lot of our emergency equipment has little names that no one else would understand. But in terms of, like, passengers or emergency situations dealing with passengers, we don't really, you know, if we need a doctor, we just paid for a doctor. Yeah, There's right. no secret. Okay, but what about, There's let's no just ask, what about the annoying passenger? <laughs> Is there any sort of code name Ooh. for that person on the flight that you might want to alert another attendant to look out for? Drunk, like drunk number <laughs> yeah, one, drunk, drunk number two. Or like rude or mean. <laughs> I don't know of a... Um, like a code word, at least not that I've ever heard, but I do know that there are like these looks that flight attendants give and only another flight attendant would understand. Like if a passenger's really annoying me, I swear I can just, if I'm working in the cart, I can just give my coworker a look and they'll just know like, okay, that passenger is like drunk or they're totally unruly or they're just being rude. We have this like nonverbal communication that we can do with one another just by, you know, our facial expressions, I think, because so often we have to bite our tongues that I think we, we've we learned to communicate via, like, you know, our, our little looks that we give one another. It's telepathic. <laughs> <laughs> telepathic, exactly. And so I think something that, you know, people always want to know, how do I get upgraded to first class? And if it doesn't work at the gate, does do flight attendants have how how far does your power extend if there was someone in coach uh you know have you ever have you ever given you know bumped a passenger up to first class or business class and if so you know what can uh what sort of what sort of was the trick you know what we don't really deal a ton i know at alaska specifically we don't deal a ton with upgrades that's all done through the agents if I have an open seat, which honestly doesn't happen a lot nowadays with how many people are, you know, have reward points or miles or some sort of status with Alaska, they usually fill up first class before I would even have the chance to, like, magically upgrade someone. But if I do have an open seat, I have been able to give it, you know, if there's someone um, who's a member of the military on board and in their uniform, I feel totally comfortable upgrading them to first class. I don't even know if I'm technically supposed to, but I don't really care. I think it's the right thing to do. I think that Alaska would totally back me on that one. I don't, you know, I think on other carriers, at, when I'm a traveling flight attendant, I have noticed that flight attendants really take care of other flight attendants. So if there is a more comfortable seat or something, if I'm traveling standby or non-revving is what they call it, non-revenue passenger, um, I have noticed that I have been moved to, like, the premium seating, which is so nice because I think as flight attendants, we know what it's like to travel standby and how it can be a real headache. And so we try to take care of one another. But, I mean, if you really want to, like, sweeten up your flight attendants, I think the best way is just what we talked about earlier, just bring some chocolate or some snacks, and I think that might up your chances. But... Like I said, nowadays, I feel like first class is never open. They always fill it up, which is good, but... It's good, but you want one seat. You just want that. (laughs) I think the lesson for today is treat your flight attendant well. Treat your flight attendant well. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, you know, after the... While we were still watching the show, but it had, you know, the taping had ended, 
I'm going to guess that you and Ben maybe made some trips to see each other. Did you have to fly discreetly? <laughs> you know, how did you kind of, uh, if you were booking trips to Indiana, um, how were you able to do that while kind of still remaining under the radar? Yeah, so the show actually is what kind of plans our secret rendezvous. And oftentimes, because I live in L.A. right now, it actually worked out very well for the show because they only really had to bring Ben to L.A. So, And he was in L.A. so much anyways doing press or media stuff that it didn't really alert any red flags with anyone who kind of was like, ooh, I wonder why Ben's going to L.A. because he was always in L.A. So, Okay. Um, but normally with couples, they'll fly us different airlines, different times, and it'll be to a neutral place. Like, it won't be to one of our hometowns. It'll be to, like, Palm Springs, California, or somewhere that's not going to alert anyone to the fact that we might be together. That's smart. And is there, um, is there a trip coming up that you're really excited about that you now get to take off camera just as a couple, you know, do your thing? Yeah, we actually, so we're in Ben's hometown right now, and then we are going to Portland to hang out with my family for a few days. And um, that'll be really fun. And then we're going to Bloomington, Indiana, which is where uh, University of Indiana is, which is where Ben went to school. And we're doing the Little 500, which is like this big event that they do there. And I'm excited, but I know he's especially excited to take me there and show me his campus. But in terms of any international travel, we've been talking a lot about Cuba, potentially, Mm -hmm. or... um, I know I really want to go to Costa Rica. Uh, Alaska just started flying to Costa Rica out of L.A. at the beginning or in the fall. And I haven't made it out there yet. So I really want to go to Costa Rica. Um, Honduras is on the list to do some some work with um, a charity that he works with called Humanity and Hope. Um, So we, we have a long list. But in terms of actual plans outside the U.S., we haven't planned anything yet. I think our... We're waiting to see what our schedule looks like. Good. Well, you should definitely go to Cuba. I'm yes. going to make that pitch. I just yeah. came back. And Costa Rica. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I want to go so bad. No, yeah. Cuba is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So I guess I think we have time for one more question. Uh, you've been awesome. Thank you for okay. letting us pepper you. But um, I guess I kind of want to know, mm-hmm. what's the one thing you always pack? Or is there a, a little beauty product or whatever Ooh. it might be? Like, what what's always in your bag? This is kind of a random thing. Eye drops. I always bring eye drops because my eyes get so dry when I travel. And they get so red. So everyone thinks I either had one too many glasses of wine or I'm like (laughs) completely exhausted, which isn't the case. My eyes just get dry. And I'm like, okay, I swear it's not the wine. It's not... It's not the fact I'm not exhausted right now. They just get so dry. So I always have eye drops, which kind of, you know, especially after a long day, it kind of like freshens me up and it makes my eyes feel way better. And then especially when I'm working, I always have Advil. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta have the Advil. Um, And then I was just talking to Ben. Anytime I get on a plane, before I get on a plane, I always buy a bottle of water because I get so thirsty and I never want to badger my flight attendants to constantly fill my glass of water every two seconds. So I always come equipped with a bottle of water. Another way to get on the flight attendant's good side. I feel like we're good, we have a, a good list going Exactly. Here. Come prepared with a bottle of water. I swear if you're a thirsty person, it'll make your flight attendant so happy. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, thank you very much, Lauren, for joining us. Yes, uh, thank it was you. Really yeah. great to have you here. Thank you for having me, you guys. This is fun. We um, and if you, everyone else out there, if you want to listen to Travelogue, we tape every week. And if you don't subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, that's where you can find us. Also, don't forget to visit us at cntraveler.com. We're also all over social media. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. And we would love to get your feedback on this, our podcasts, our content. So, uh, you know, tweet us at cntraveler. And, you know, just tell people to come check us out. So I'm just going to go around quickly and <laughs> ask everyone to say uh, where they can find you on social. So I'm going to start with Caitlin. Okay, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Kate Mosk. It's uh, C-A-I-T-M-O-S-C. And I am on Twitter also at Oh Hey There Mayor. Great. Lauren, what's your favorite social media outlet these days? I'm a big Instagram person. My Instagram is Lauren underscore Bush now. And I, I love to post pictures of my travel. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Well, everyone should check that out then. Please follow Lauren. I'm also on Instagram <laughs> at Laura underscore Redmond. And that'll do it. So have a great weekend, everyone. And thank you again. Yes, thank you. Thank you.